Jeff Al Gilbert. Welcome to my live call tonight from my home in my game room. And it comes with a question that someone, many ask, I know what I want, but why am I not getting it? And I'll talk about that. And for those of you that do not know me, I've been involved in network marketing now for 41 years. Yes. And 28 years ago, I started broke, had to sell a junk truck to get started. When I took it seriously, that is, first 14 years or somewhere like that. It was more of a, I was more of a hobbyist with it. And since then, been full time for 28 years, just loving it. So, but I, I, you know, I decided to pick a subject just to talk about briefly. And then I'll turn it over to you. If you got some questions that you want to ask me, TJ, nice to see you. And Bridget in Ohio, my home state. Nice to see you, Bridget. Uh, and uh, Alicia, como esta? Nice to see you. Mindy in New Jersey, how are you doing? Are you at the beach yet? I know you want to go. You're closer to it than I am. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Friday uh, Q&A night. So um, feel free to ask any question that maybe something that's on your mind. And I'll give you my my opinion my that's going to be based on the experience that i have so again i i know what i want but i'm not having results we've heard that said that you know to you know that we know what we don't want in life right first of all number one we know what we don't want what drives many to network marketing is going through of it an experience of what they don't want, what's lacking in their life. And that's what drove them to network marketing. That's really good. And having said that, knowing what you want is important too. But then why is knowing, a person might say, well, I know what I want, Jeff. I wanna be financially independent. I don't wanna, I wanna be free of my job. I want to have the kind of house that my family and I, you know, we've all dreamed of. So I already know what I want, Jeff. Then why am I not getting it? Well, there can be a, a few different reasons. I mean, there, it's not absolute, but there are other reasons too. But some of the core reasons, and I can tell you right now in my own experience, that knowing what you want, what you want knowing what you want is not enough. Because you have to make others feel it when you talk to them about your opportunity. See, many are talking from their head. They're not talking from their heart. They're talking from their head. They're not talking from their heart. What's the difference? The difference is the power of belief. Because the power of belief, when you are selling something, and you are selling something, anytime you're promoting your opportunity, you are selling. You can say, well, I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> okay, it's a play of words. You're a promoter. And I've always said that about myself. I'm a promoter. There's many things I'm not good at. But the one thing I am good at is I am a promoter. And that has got me to where I am in life. And I've been at this level of success for decades. 
but it's because I was a promoter, but I was a believer first. Very important. You know, it's, it's like the last uh, four, wor uh, four letters of enthusiasm, I-A-S-M, I am sold myself. I am sold myself. You have to be absolutely sold on what you're doing because you can't promote a lie. So number one, I had to believe in all my heart that the product I was promoting was for the good of humanity. We can forget the money. Forget me making any money off this. Any financial benefit is irrelevant. I have to feel that my product alone is going to bring tremendous value to humanity, to people out there, that I'm really giving value. That's important because that has to align with our values, our core values. If you don't know your, your core values, uh, and you may know them, but you may have not thought about it, or by nature, you act in nature of the core value, though you're not aware of it, write them down if you want. What are your core values? But part of that has to do with, with, in, you know, with integrity. It has to do with morality. That what I'm promoting is for the good of people out there. It brings value to their life. So the, the, the product becomes the mission in a way or, or the value that that product will give people becomes the mission. If money is the mission, we're going to be speaking from our head, not our heart. And people can sense greed. They can sense that you're not promoting an opportunity so much as you are an opportunist. You just want my money. You know, it's like somebody reached out to me in Instagram and they're an Instagram promoter. And uh, he said, hey, 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 how would you like to be an Inst I'm, a, I'm on the Instagram blah, blah team. How would you like to be an Instagram influencer? And uh, anyway, so basically what it does, it, it comes down to giving them money to provide a service. And when I went, I went, it was funny, I went to his Instagram account. He had very few followers. And I said, wait a second, you're a pro at this? Then why do you only have a few followers? And you're trying to teach me how to have millions of people follow me on Instagram? Right. Right. You're speaking from your, your head. You're not speaking from your heart. You're an opportunist. That's what you are. So the thing about it is we have to really, and again, if you, if you don't feel that way about your product, join another company, get out. You're never going to make it in your company because you are not sold. You are not sold on it. And if you're not sold, how can you sell others? So the thing is, and, and, and again, I'm not attacking you. Okay. I'm just saying what you're doing is not for you. It just doesn't resonate. It's like a, it's like a guitar, you know, you can look at a guitar, but until you hit those strings, you're not going to hear anything. And it's got to touch you that way. So the thing is you got to be sold. 
on, on your product. You got to see the moral good in it. That's called belief. You believe in what you're doing for the good of mankind, for the good of humanity. Now, what's important is that when you prospect people, you need to speak from your heart, not your head. Quit, quit trying to be clever. Quit trying to look intelligent. Don't worry about that. Go in there because you believe so strongly in what you have. Now, I'm not saying be a, a fanatic, okay, like you're in some cult, okay? I don't want to come across that way. I'm just saying that you have to be absolutely sold. One of the, I just give you an example, though I got many, and I can tell you for a fact that when I started in my last company 22 years ago, if you got on a phone with me, it's very likely you would be joining because I was that strong on a, on a telephone. I was that strong on a telephone. The way I came across, the way I talked, the, t the tonality of my voice. Start recording yourself when you're prospecting people. And then listen to your tonality. Does it reflect certainty? Do you have confidence? Is there an authority in, the, in, the, in that sound? Is there strong belief? People pick up on all of that. I've had people tell me that before in the past many times. They said, well, I can tell. You're very sold on what you're doing. Yeah, that's right. And you will be too. You have to have that certainty. What creates that certainty, again, is believing in what you're doing. But here's another important thing. Allowing yourself to forgive yourself for being stupid in the past, okay? <laughs> so, the thing is, we've all made mistakes, right? We've all joined the wrong companies. But if we always try to, to evaluate the potential of our future based on the results of our past, we're never going to get anywhere. We will fail every time. But people bring that emotional baggage in all the time. All the time. So if we always default and we, we go through replay, replay, replay about what, went, what didn't work, or, you know, that company didn't work. Why would this one work? You know, that's the thing. So we have to come to terms with it. And, you know, you might create your own kind of, uh, I don't know, just write out your own statements. You know, yeah, that was me then, but that's not me now. I'm a winner now. I'm a winner. Yeah, I lost then, but I'm going to win now. I made mistakes then but I'm not gonna do it now. Now is different. You have to come to terms with that. And so, again, now that we forgive the past and we allow ourselves to succeed in the future, when we show up, when we are present with people, you have to be absolutely sold on what you're saying and what you believe. Because that's what people are listening to. If you're going to talk from your head, they're probably not going to join. <clears throat> if you talk from your heart, they'll follow you just to see where you go. That's leadership. And they'll stay with you.
like my leaders have stayed with me. I remember one time I was in Singapore and I was having lunch with a lady. Now this lady was a leader in another company. Now she's very, very good. Um, she's already in another company, but I was gonna go ahead. I, I told her that I was gonna talk to her about what I was doing. <clears throat> and again, I was doing this for one of my other leaders. And when I sat down and at the table, I remember talking to her <clears throat> and um, she had a type A personality, you know, very strong natured, battleship kind of woman, you know, tough, she's tough. And she, there was a certain amount of pushback and I, I, that's okay, pushback doesn't bother me. Pushback tells me this, I'm interested in what you're saying, but I don't want you to know it. So I need this safe place for now because I'm thinking about it because I was that way 22 years ago. I gave them that pushback. It took them weeks to follow me up quite often before I would say yes. When they run to you right away, a lot of those people don't ever work out very well. Leaders don't come in that way. Leaders come in evaluating. They know they don't run into it something. They have intention. They have navigation about how they're going to go into it. And that'll be determined by them. It won't be determined by me or you. And she was that way. <clears throat> but, <clears throat> and so, you know, you create a certain kind of I guess it is uh, rapport by permission, if you will, rapport by permission. And that is that I, that I just want to, first of all, get to know them as a person when I am prospecting that person and talking to them. And interesting uh, with her is I had to meet her for, I met her for lunch the next day. We, we, we spent a lot of time together that first day. And then I said, you know, I enjoyed our conversation. I'm, I'm going to be around Singapore for, for a week. Uh, so why don't we meet for lunch tomorrow? You got time tomorrow again? She said, yeah, let's meet. I said, okay. And that was the day. And I remember telling her that day, she, you know, she was in a product company. I knew the company she was in. I knew the company was weak. It wasn't a financially strong company. They had a commodity health products. That just simply means they were good products, but everybody's got good products, right? So, um, I remember saying to her about the type of product that I had. And then she said, well, yeah, we got that product. And I said, no, you don't have that product. Uh, we have patents on that product. What you got, everybody has. I can go down to GNC here in Singapore and get it. But the product I have, the only way you can get it is you have to come to us. And there's going to come a time where this product is going to be in every household of Singapore. My only question to you, what percentage of the market do you want? And that's all I said. And I just looked at her. There's certainty. I was speaking from my heart, not my head. There was tonality in my voice that said, this guy knows what he's talking about. 
This guy believes in what he's saying. There's something to this. And her answer to me when I said that, she just looked at me very seriously and she said, okay, I'm in. And I smiled, I said, good. <laughs> she said, but don't go anywhere because I need you here. <laughs> we got a lot of work to do. I said, good. <laughs> I tell you, friends, this is fun, but, <laughs> But, but uh, is she a producer? Yeah. I mean, this is like, what? Oh, gosh, I don't know. 15 years later, her team still does over $2 million a month. She did last month. <laughs> She's a Muslim. She has a big Muslim team. Very big. Huge. I remember, we, I never, ever, I keep in mind, I'm an American, you know, and I'm new to Asia at that time. I, you know, I, like I said, I, I didn't know too much about the world, you know. And I remember when I stuck my head in the first time she gathered everybody. She said, go to this hotel uh, and I'll have a meeting room. And I, I went there that night and I stuck my head in there. I looked at that and I saw all these, all these women with their head coverings. And I thought, Wow. This is different. <laughs> and I said to her, I said, you know, I heard Muslims kill Americans, you know. I just joked with her. She looked at me and smiled. And she said, and if you don't do a good presentation. <laughs> I said, wow. I said, okay. <laughs> that was, it was amazing. It was amazing. So the thing is, um, but you know, that's the way I always was, whether, whether I was on the telephone or, or if I was face to face with somebody sitting at a table, it's very important to speak from your heart. And you can only do that if you are absolutely sold on what you're doing. So again, I, I see a lot of people that will struggle in presentations. I remember, I remember a few years ago, I was in London, um, in London, and uh, I was in a Starbucks. It was really cool. And now I, I was uh, uh, just having coffee at a Starbucks, and there was a table across from me, and this guy was prospecting this guy. He had a laptop computer, and he was showing him a PowerPoint. And I thought, oh, this is so cool. I thought, I, I want to listen to this guy. And I listened to him, and he was a long-haired, hippie artist. You know, cool-looking dude, okay? Looked like some kind of movie star, you know, something like that. But he's just a broke, hippie artist. That's what he was. And just a nice guy. But anyway, so I just, I stepped and I listened. And the guy, you know, he was sort of just, he was, he was doing it from his head. He was doing it from his head. I thought, oh, shoot. Man, you're doing it from your head. You're not going to win him that way. And so then I thought, I'm going to go in and save this guy. And actually, the company was promoting, I, you know, I, I knew the owner of that company, too, and I also knew they were in trouble. But sometimes they come out of it, right? It wouldn't have been the kind of company I'd ever join. But anyway, it didn't matter. I went in there to save the guy. And so I just walked up to the table. I said, hey, I was sitting here and listening to you, and, 
and his prospect was looking at me. And I remember right before I walked up there, he says, well, I have a minute, I have a video I want to show you. And the guy said, well, how long will it take? <laughs> how long will it take? Yeah, you've been speaking from your head this whole time, man. I don't listen anymore. I think I want to get outside the door. And, and so I walked up to him. I said, hey, listen, I'm sitting listening to what you're saying. I think it's great. And I looked at the prospect. I said, listen, you need to listen to him, okay? He knows what he's talking about. I've been in network marketing, I think I told him at that time, 39 years, because it was two years ago in London when this happened. 39 years. I've made millions, millions, still make millions. And it was all because I fell in love with a product and I promoted it to a few who promoted it to a few. And now I have over 700,000 distributors that order sometimes, some months, $30 million. It varies. But I make a fortune. And it's all because I listened. And I opened my mind to it. And that guy was, that hippie guy was just looking at me. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know? <laughs> and I said, hey, let's add one another to Facebook before I leave. I, I'm going to go out the door, leave you guys alone. And I said, listen to him. It could change your life. And then I left. And we stayed in touch ever since. It, it was so cool. So tonight is just that. And if you have a question, anything you want to throw out to me, um, um, please do if you do. And if you don't, that's totally cool too. And uh, because, you know, hey. You, you may not need any answers to questions that you have right now or or you don't have questions. So I appreciate you guys getting on tonight. It's a weekend. I hope you have a great weekend. And Howard, what do, what do you promote? I promote residual income. I promote residual income because uh, I don't talk about network marketing. I, because you say network marketing, people think, you know, many times people think computers. <laughs> I said, I'm in network marketing. You know what that is? Uh, yeah, I think I do. Yeah, sure. I think I know people in that. Uh, recently, I had talked to somebody about that, that, that I had that conversation. And he said, yeah, my buddy does that. Oh, he does network marketing. He was with him. And I said, oh, you do network marketing? Oh, he, he said, well, I'm a systems analyst. <laughs> okay. He didn't know what I was talking about. That's the problem. A lot of times, you know, we're using terminology that people don't understand. We have the assumption they do. That's the curse of knowledge. That we have the assumption that they understand what we do, but they don't. They really don't. So all I want to do is achieve the very thing and that, that even if they did know what network marketing was uh, uh, about, and their belief could possibly be negative. I want to massage that to getting them to open their minds to residual income. So when I talk about to people about it, I talked about creating residual income. And, and that is by sharing a product with others and letting them buy from your website and they can do the same thing to others and those people can do the same thing to others and you get paid on that for a lifetime. If you do more of it, you'll get a greater return.
You decide how much residual income you want. But I talk about the concept. And then if they're interested, and then only if they're interested, do I get specific about the company, the product, things like that. And I think George sent me something. And maybe, and again, if you have a question, uh, you can post it. Uh, uh, oh, that you you nailed it, George. Yeah, that, that and Howard, I hope that answered your question. Because that's what I, I do. I promote residual income. Because I want them to understand that's exactly what our goal is in this. Our goal is to create residual income. So we don't have to trade time for money. That we can use, we can uh, leverage ourselves better. And another question here. Let me see. Uh, um, okay, so, hey Bridget. July will be my first full year. I'm ranking pretty well, but do you feel the first year or second are the hardest? Well, of course they are. Of course they're the hardest. Because again, that's, you know, it's like the snowball effect. You know, when I'm out there playing with the kids in snow and we want to build a snowman, right? We don't want to just build a small snowman. We want to build a big snowman, right? And what does that take? We take a little, what, snowball. You pound it, pound it, pack it, pack it, pack it, pack it. Pack it, pack it means you're training your team. You're getting your team solid. Your onboarding process has clarity. And they know what to do. They know how to take action. So, and then you roll that into more snow. That means you're accumulating more people. You're ac accumulating more sales. Pack, pack, pack. You want to have your customers solid because you're plugging them into your Facebook product groups. They're hearing about people having results with the products, things like that. You, retention is what we're talking about. Pack, 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 roll it, attract some more. That takes time that first and second year to accumulate and keep, most important, keep, keep those people around. You'll always lose some, but I'm saying, but to keep as many as you can. And so that takes training, that takes uh, uh, communication with those people, but you pack it. And finally, next thing you know, that thing is big and huge. Big and huge. So yeah, your first and second year is always going to uh, be, you know, it's like, when is this thing gonna get going? You know, it's like this house here. You can't see this house, all this house. This was a new addition that I put on my house. And the new addition, the joke of it is my house was 4,000 square feet. And this new addition is 6,500 square feet. <laughs> so the new addition was bigger than the house, right? This is three floors in this place. Okay, so, but I'll tell you right now, a lot of work went into foundation. A lot of digging, 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 digging. And then you have to pour the footers in all these different places. And then finally they bring in the, the con, you know, the concrete blocks and then they stack them. That takes time. Then finally they're pouring in cement inside those blocks. All that takes time. So much time goes into the foundation work, but then once they start the framing and everything, it just shoots up like, like overnight. 
You know, it's like, it's like the foundation work took forever. And then next thing you know, shooting up. Well, that's the way your team is your first and second year. Really is. That's the foundation period. You're building your foundation. The bigger the dream, the bigger the foundation. The greater return, the bigger foundation you have to have. And, and, and you know the joke about this place, it was never meant to be a 6,500 square foot addition. I was just planning on adding a, a room on to the house for a pool table, you know, like 300 square feet. And we, re, we spent a year remodeling the house. And then I said, I think I wanna add a room on for a pool table. And he had a back hole and I bought this land next to the house, which I'm glad I did. And, uh, and so I remember telling him, why don't you go ahead and dig out an area there so that we can plan out the foundation for a room. And so he got out that back hole and started digging around. And I went out on the deck and, and I said, no, make it bigger. And I went back in the house, started making some phone calls. I came back a few hours later and I looked and I said, no, make it bigger. And I went back in the house. Went back, came back out a few hours. I said, no, make it bigger. He called his boss, who was a general contractor, and he came to see me. He said, Jeff, how big do you want this? Big. He said, well, we need to go get an architect now. <laughs> and that's what happened. And so it turned out to be an incredible place. And so all together now it's about 11, it's 11 oh yeah, about 11,000 square feet and also 5,000 square feet of cedar decking. It's in a, you know, I'm just saying that in the beginning, this whole process of getting this going, so much work goes in the foundation and that's the way it is in building a team. Your first couple of years is just getting that foundation solid. And the next thing you know, it's shooting up and you're going, oh my gosh, my income jumped this much this month. That's right. That's how it works. And I don't know if anybody else has another question. Did I? Uh, that was, oh, was there three? Or was there three? Let me see. No. Uh, 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 Carlos is asking, uh, promoting residual income will work with anyone as long as the comp plan offers it, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, you got, sure, as long as the compensation plan, uh, yeah. That's the whole point, right? Isn't it? Yeah, see, that's the thing. Uh, people make the mistake of trying to explain the compensation plan to prove to someone they can have residual income. You never do that. I don't want them to look at the compensation plan because how many network marketing compensation plans can most people out there understand? Zero unless they have network marketing experience. And I'm talking about they've made some money. If they've made some money, they can look at a plan and, and see if money is to be made with that plan. I mean, I've had people and even company owners try to, try to get me and they'll send me their plan. I'm looking at that and I'll start laughing. I'll throw it in the garbage can, right? So, uh, but yeah, never explain your compensation plan. Big mistake. Um, I see people do it all the time. I see them do it in their meetings all the time. Don't do it. Never do it. Just 
if anything, activity examples. Do a little of this, just give them a few easy steps. If you do this, this is what you'll get. If you do it again next month and get everyone else to do that, this is what you get. And that's it. They don't need to see the plan. They need to see the activity. That's the key. So uh, let me see. Are there, are there any other questions there? I think that's it. Man, you guys are light tonight. And it's been fun being with you. So uh, have a safe weekend, okay? Whatever you do, okay? Be safe and enjoy your family. Enjoy your time together. And, oh, what do you say if they ask? If they ask what, TJ? <laughs> okay, TJ. <laughs> if they say what? <laughs> George's. Oh, George is reminding me about my book, Reach the Peak. It's on Amazon in English and Spanish. Okay? English and Spanish. And, uh, yeah. And then TJ, I guess we'll have to catch you on the... Well, TJ, if they ask about the compensation plan... Um, that's fine. I, you know... I remember one night I got a, a call or I got a message from someone I didn't know. She saw me do a Facebook Live, just like I'm doing now, and I didn't know her. She was a $30,000 a month earner in her company that was having some trouble. And she asked me the question, tell me about your compensation plan. Now, I can do that. I can tell her about my compensation plan, part unilevel, part generational. It has infinity bonuses. It has pass-through infinity bonuses. It has bonus pools, depending on the rank that you are in. We also have five-star uh, trips that we award our leaders with, blah, blah, blah. I could do all that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So I responded to her, and I said, well, I could tell you about our compensation plan or I tell you what I can do this uh, uh, just why don't you just google the company name and beside it um, uh, then then uh, beside the company name uh, then have in there income disclosure put that next to the company income disclosure and then look at the top rank position of the compensation plan that is the top one that they talk about because they're going to disclose what income uh, averages they have uh, with their leaders at all these ranks look at the top one and ask yourself if that let me know if that interests you and when I before I even hardly finished what I said to her she said holy crap she had already Googled it that, that fast. She already saw she already saw the income disclosure for that top rank position. I said, Well, I guess you know our compensation plan. <laughs> she knows the results of the compensation plan. That's she doesn't need to know the compensation plan details yet. She needs to know the results of the compensation plan. If you're at this rank position, and you're earning millions of dollars every year, would that interest you? I know my good friend, Angel Fletcher, um, 
One time she told me she, she was in a company and when she went to that company to do a tour of the company and meet the owner of the company, she said, you know, I want to be a millionaire. And his response was, not in this company, you won't. Uh, I would have been gone. Uh, that's enough for me. Okay. When you have an owner says you'll, you'll never be a millionaire in this company, run, run. And if you have applications or you got people ready to join, don't do it. I don't care how good their product is. Scumbags. You build these owners, you make fortunes for these owners. And then they tell you you're, they're going to hold you back from being a millionaire. Let me tell you, the compensation plan is sorry. That's, that's all I need to know. Thank you, buddy. You saved me a lot of grief. That's right. That's right. I mean, I've helped. There's been, there's been at least 100 on my team that have achieved uh, that as far as being millionaires. So the thing is, sell the results. Sell the sizzle, not the steak. The sizzle, not the steak. They want to smell it. They want to hear it being grilled. They don't want to see you slaughter the cow. They don't need to know the compensation plan. They need to know the results. Then, yeah, sure. You know when they want to find out their, uh, the details? When they're making money. When they start making serious money, all of a sudden then they want to know the details. Well, that's okay. What do you do then, TJ? Here's what you do. Your company provides a PDF or a video that explains it. Send the tools to them. Again, don't try to be the clever upline to prove that you are intellectually superior to them or that you're so awesome, okay? I know TJ wouldn't do that, but I'm just saying, don't do that. <laughs> Send them the tools. That's called duplication. You teach them how to send information to other people that you that way you don't spend time explaining the compensation plan when it's already there use the tools that's it so and i guess that's it on our questions it's been fun everyone have a great weekend okay love all you guys appreciate you joining me tonight take care